The big four banking firms in the United States are JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and Citigroup. And on this show, we talked about the first three, but today I'm going to round out this banking series by talking about Citigroup. What is Citigroup? Are they a good bank, a bad bank? How do their financials compare? We're going to be looking at the history of the business model and the financials today on Stock Stories. All right, all right. Welcome to Stock Stories. My name is Alex Mason, and I am your host and stock storyteller. We're studying every company in the S&P 500, looking at the histories, the business model, and the financials. And today we're talking about Citigroup. We're going to continue our discussion of the major banks. So let's go ahead and get into the history of Citi. Citibank was first chartered all the way back in the early 1800s, in 1812, by the state of New York, and it was capitalized with $2 million. Now, that is equivalent to a lot of money in today's money, at least a few hundred million, if not billions of dollars. And through the turn of the 19th century, it just expanded and it became the largest American bank by 1895. It was also the first bank to offer unsecured personal loans as well as compound interest on savings accounts in the 1920s. They were pretty innovative and continued to do so throughout the early 20th century. In the 1930s, they were also the first major bank to offer checking accounts to customers. So a lot of things that we take for granted today, or even things that have become obsolete because of technology, Citibank pioneered them. Now, the bank grew its loan and deposit base organically, as well as through some mergers. And in 1967, the bank saw a new horizon in financial technology, Bank of America had created this thing called the Bank AmeriCard, which was the first major credit card in existence. And Citi responded by creating what they called the Everything Card in 1967. It was launched by then bank president Walter Riston and eventually was absorbed into what we now know today as MasterCard, the main competitor to Visa. Riston helped rename the bank to Citicorp in 1974 and the bank thrived. Now by 1984, 10 years later, Citicorp had extended its reach to over 90 countries and became the largest bank in the United States as well as the world's largest credit card issuer. Now, meanwhile, another large financial services firm was expanding in different lines of business. There was a company called Travelers Group. Now, this business was focused on the sale of insurance products, and the CEOs of both Travelers and Citicorp decided to merge the two businesses, which happened in 1998 creating a firm with nearly $700 billion in assets. Now, unfortunately, the acquisition didn't work as planned for both companies, as the synergies that executives thought would happen never really did. You see, the cyclical nature of insurance sales held back the stock price of the overall company. It's very different than working as a, a bank and making loans. It's more based on events and based on risk in a different kind of way and so Citicorp eventually spun off travelers into its own business just four years later in 2002 but they kept that little umbrella as part of their logo in 2007 like other large banks at the time Citicorp ran into trouble with its subprime loan portfolio you see the bank made loans to people that it shouldn't have and the resulting poor credit quality of its borrowers was a factor that led to the financial crisis that affected the nation in fact one internal whistleblower at the company identified that at one point, 
up to 80% of the volume of home loans were considered bad mortgages. Now, these bad loans caught up to Citicorp, with the company experiencing massive losses in 2008, and it was teetering on the edge of bankruptcy. Its market capitalization, which is just the price per share multiplied by the shares outstanding, plummeted from $244 billion to just $20 billion, and over 100,000 jobs were cut. The U.S. government eventually bailed the business out, though, and Citi got more funding than any of the other major banks during this period. Now, with a 36% stake in the company, the U.S. government controlled operations for some time until eventually in 2010, the government sold its stake and Citi, fortunately, returned to profitability. Now, in the ensuing decade, Citi has successfully rebuilt its businesses and remains one of the big four U.S. banks today. Let's take a look now at Citi's business model as it stands today. So Citi is a major financial institution. So its business model doesn't differ that much from the likes of Bank of America and JP Morgan Chase and Wells Fargo, who we've discussed in previous episodes. But I want to talk to you about how they split up their business, which is a little bit different than what we've seen in other uh, large financial institutions. There are five major markets that Citi is in. There's banking. There's markets, services, U.S. personal banking, and city global wealth. So let's take a minute to go over each of these. Well, first we have the banking group, which is kind of a generic name in my opinion, but hey, <laughs> they're going to name it what they want, right? So as far as this segment, this is where the investment banking uh, activities live within city. So helping businesses merge with each other, helping them complete acquisitions, as well as commercial banking. And then you have U.S. personal banking. This is what people like you and I would interact with on a daily basis. If we have checking accounts or savings accounts with Citi, this is where that part of the business lives. With markets, this is the sales and trading organization of Citi lives within this part of the business. And then Citi Global Wealth, this is where all of the private wealth management comes in. And this is something I didn't really realize until studying the major banks is that wealth management is such a huge part of their businesses, managing money for high net worth individuals, not just in the United States, but globally. And then the last part of the city's business is services. And there's a lot of different little niche things that city does here. But one thing that they do is they help create payment solutions for businesses. For example, e-commerce giant Alibaba uh, approached city to help it with some of their systems and help create more transparency between buyers and sellers on their platform. So Citi is involved in a lot of different things. Fundamentally, they are a big major bank, but they also have their hands in a lot of different aspects of financial institutional universe. Let's turn our attention now to Citi's financials. Now, what I've got pulled up here is the latest 10K report or annual report for fiscal year 2022 for Citi Group. And it shows just a summary of the financial data over the past several years. And even just from this single chart, I can tell you a lot of things about Citi's financials. First of all, just like other banks in terms of their structure, Citi Group makes most of its money from interest income as well as other activities that are non-interest income. And so that's the way that revenues are split out. We can see that Citi primarily makes its money through interest. In 2022, they made $48 billion in revenue from interest. 
and their non-interest revenue was just $26.6 billion. And that's a little bit more unbalanced than some of the other banks. For example, Bank of America has a little bit more of a balanced uh, diversification, you could say, between interest revenue and non-interest revenue. But nonetheless, this is still a business that makes tens of billions of dollars in revenue every single year. But here's one thing that worries me. If we go back to 2018, what were the revenues of this business? They were $74 billion. And if we fast forward to 2022, five years later, the revenues were $75 billion. Not much of an increase there. And of course, you have the effects of COVID there with 2020, 2021. But honestly, I feel like this business should have been making more money, especially back in 2021, when a lot of financial firms were just making money hand over fist, especially in their investment banking and trading businesses. So that's a little bit concerning there that Citi wasn't really able to capitalize on it as much as some other businesses within their industry. And then if we kind of walk our way down, we can look at the net income. How much are the shareholders getting at the end of the day? Well, look at this. In 2018, Citigroup made $18 billion in net income. And then in 2022, they made just under $15 billion in net income. So things are going the wrong direction with Citigroup. Unfortunately, this is a business that is not growing, at least hasn't had very consistent growth in the last several years. But one thing I can say that is a silver lining is look at the dividends. This is a company that has paid a lot of dividends. They're paying $2.04 per share right now. And their dividends have gone up overall in the last several years. But hey, look at this. Their dividends have actually stagnated since 2020, and they have not increased them. Compare that to some of the other banks, which have been doing double-digit increases in their dividends. Also, the bank also used to do a lot of share repurchases, buying back stock, $14.5 billion in 2018, $17.8 billion in 2019. And then when the pandemic happened, they just basically shut off the valve as far as share repurchases, only purchasing just under $3 billion in 2020. And then in 2022, it's just over $3 billion. So the business has definitely been in more of a conservation mode the last few years. I would love to see this return to more growth later. Looking at the stock price of Citi, which is ticker symbol C, we can see that it's not done very well over either the last year or the last several years. I mean, the stock price has been flat over a year and over the past five years is down over 30%. Now, is there an opportunity here? Look at this price earnings ratio. I have not seen price earnings ratio this low in the banking sector for a long time. 6.49 times earnings, which I think is pretty cheap. And look, it's not like Citi's going out of business here. They're a large business that just happens to be going through a period of protracted stagnation, but that's not to say they're not going to grow in the future. So I think right now the market's pricing in basically no growth. There's a concept in finance called the earnings yield where you take, basically, you flip the P-E ratio around. And instead of doing price divided by earnings, you get earnings divided by price. So if we take the reciprocal of 6.49, we can get the earnings yield. Now, what is that? 0.15. That tells us that the earnings yield of Citigroup stock is 15%. That means for every dollar that you would put into Citigroup stock, you'd be getting 15 cents back as profit as an owner. Not to mention, look at this dividend yield, 4.39%, definitely higher than average in the market right now. So yeah, the dividend hasn't been growing recently, but once it does grow, you get a pretty good yield on costs. 
So yeah, is Citigroup the ultimate bank in terms of credit quality and growth? No, it hasn't been in the last several years, but it seems to offer good value here. The market is pricing it lower than its peers, and it could be a good stock to own potentially. Now, of course, this is all based on having some growth actually happen in the future and not just stagnating revenues and stagnating profits, but we'll see. I think that this is actually a pretty good value right now at 6.5 times earnings. I think it's more of a matter of, do you want to own a bank in general? And do you want to own a bank with uh, slower growing revenues compared to its peers? So yeah, could be a potential value play there, but that's what I think about Citigroup. And this has been another episode of Stock Stories. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're enjoying this show, I just really would love it. If you like, subscribe, follow, whatever you're listening or watching this on, um, leave a review. I would definitely appreciate that. And I'll see you next time here on the show. Take care.